0: to another episode from our I Decided series. This series is dedicated to some people I know, some friends I cherish, and some clients that I've had the privilege of working with over my coaching life. All these people have one thing in common. They had an I Decided moment. A time in their life where they decided to plan a life they want to live in, or create a business on purpose. Today I have the privilege of sharing a conversation with Simon Ashley. Welcome Simon, thank you for being with us today and thank you for being part of our I Decided series. Um, it's, it's a real privilege to, to be able to have you and it's been exciting watching particularly these last 10 years unfold for you and everything that's happened. So thanks for being a part of our
1: I Decided series. No problem Zane, it's great to be here and I'm really excited to be able to share a little bit of the story and how I've come to be where I am right now. Okay, so the theme and the topic that we're going
0: to be sharing in our conversation today is is just your passion around holistic health and, and taking it beyond just your uh, professional role that you've had in there and, and your skills and abilities and looking at it in a wider and a bigger picture. So Simon, what I want to ask first is when did this first glimpse or idea come into your mind and uh, when you kind of got that initial burst of inspiration? And what what happened when it just moved from I wonder to I decided, yep. and and you started to make that next step? Tell me about the beginning of the journey.
1: Yeah, it was a, it's a bit of a story, but um, uh, when I was 19, um, I was a tennis player. Okay. Uh, I used to play some high-level tennis. I was sponsored by several companies, um, and I was also in first year osteo. So I was, you know, just living my life, doing my thing, excited about being. Uh, in the health profession, um, you know, felt like you know I'm going to be able to help people and all that sort of thing, but I was still playing a lot of tennis. Um, but then um, I got really ill in the first term of my university um, uh, to the point that I nearly died. Um, and that, the reason for that was I was sponsored by Maccas and I used to eat Maccas like five times a week, <laughs> so that really had an impact on my health. Like I was very fit. I I could. Um, I ran a half marathon without training for one, wow. um, just because I was training so much for tennis. Um, and so, um, I was very, very, very fierce, but very ill at the same time. Um, and anyway, so this it, this situation happened in when I was in, you know, about four weeks into university. And then I spent the next six to eight weeks through the hospital system, and another six months to recover from from that illness. And that was the experience that I had in the hospital system that really opened my eyes because I was. You know, when you first start out on a, um, in a, profession, you sort of, you know, you think, oh, this is wonderful, everybody's great, and everything's going to be good. And uh, but then, as I went through the hospital system, I realised that, well, um, not everything was as 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 wonderful as I I thought. And I started seeing some very interesting um, dynamics occurring. Uh-huh. Um, and um, the three basic things that I saw was that there was no integrated care. So we had, I remember these two doctors having an argument. Um, across the room, the curtain was closed, so I don't know why they didn't think I could hear them, but they're having this argument because one had done one thing and the other had done the other and they hadn't communicated at all. And so that had caused an injury to me. And so they were having that argument about why that had happened. And then um, on top of that, um, I was also sent home with a device uh, mm-hmm. to try and help my condition. Uh, and essentially, my lung, one of the things that was my lung had collapsed. And so they put this device in and didn't tell me anything. They just said, go home and we'll see you in about... Seven days. Well, about four and a half days into that, my lung actually inflated, and um, there was a piece of pipe in my pleural space, which is hard plastic. And so, it's probably the most excruciating pain I've ever been in. No one told me that would happen. And so, as soon as my lung inflated, I just hit the deck in absolute agony because I've got this, it was almost like this pin that was poking right. into this really sensitive tissue. So, I had to get rushed back to hospital, and then they realised that they weren't going to be able to fix my condition, so I had to do a major operation. And then when i was in the hospital i would have multiple doctors come in they wouldn't talk to me at all but they, i was a very fascinating case and i had all these students all talking about my condition but no one had actually asked me about me very much like a patch adams movie that i saw i really related to that story yeah. so as i went through that journey i realized that there was there was maybe a better way of of doing healthcare there was a better way of maybe helping people and i had this i suppose this vision of what healthcare could potentially look like If we work together and if we brought in these lifestyle factors that no one tends to talk about very much because I recognized that the lifestyle I was living Mm -hmm. was part of the reason or a significant part of the reason that I was in such compromise in the hospital setting. So that set me on a journey um, that I could not get over Um, because it was such a big moment in my life. It was one of those things that I think will always be with you. I've still got the scars and I still have pain from what happened. And so that's a reminder of me of, of that experience. But that drove me to think about things a little bit differently. So when I was going through uni, I was looking at what they were telling me and I was comparing with all the other things out there and how could we do things better. And and my faith came into that a little bit too because I believe that God created us. Um, and so, you know, he created us to be well. And so I started to marry these things together and had these visions of what this could look like. Yes. Um, but it really took hold of me uh, when um, I opened my my first business. So I started out as a, a practitioner. I, I became an osteopath. I learnt that trade very well. But this vision actually really took hold when the reality of actually the dream started, when I actually opened up my own first business out of the front room of my house, my little shingle, um, and just began that journey of creating what I believe could be a way of tra- transforming healthcare. And then the next 13 years has been a journey of, of seeing that outworked. But yeah, so it was definitely that initial impact on my health mm-hmm. and then really getting going. They were the two massive driving factors of me actually starting to see my dream or um, vision come to reality. I remember the first time we first met when I'd had a water ski accident and
0: badly hurt my lower back. And, and the difference of how you were interested in what had happened, in what treatment I'd had, where I could move to next and what the end result was and creating these objectives was, was fascinating to me because we were having a conversation around the holistic side of health. So I could see it in, in you then that it was a difference. And from your own story, uh, there's this whole journey and it's amazing how many people learn from their own experience where there's a gap. Yes. There's a gap somewhere and wow, could I fill this gap? Yes. So, so you started on the journey You started out from like a lot of, people do with a home business, a home industry, uh, but the dream certainly didn't finish there. No. 13 years has been a, a long journey. Tell me some of the objectives, tell me some of the steps that have happened over those 13 years. And
1: Well, look, I mean, one of the things that everyone says is, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs get this, oh, there's no way what you think can happen can really happen. Okay. Um, there was a lot of obstacles, and so... It's been a very hard journey to get to where we are um, and I can understand why people said that because it is very difficult to get people to work together in different professions, particularly in the health arena um, and just so many different obstacles. But uh, for me, the journey was, it's an exciting one because those obstacles have actually shaped who we are and what we do. So probably the biggest next step for me was to actually get someone to come on that journey, to actually get someone to go, you know what, I love what it is that you're talking about and to buy into the vision that we, then we both saw. So it became two people who shared the vision. Yeah. Um, and I still remember that moment where I was talking to this lady across across the uh, cafe at Goldberg's, it was, here in Newcastle. Yes. And uh, we had this conversation about what could be. And um, at the time, I'm in a front room, a housing, a few of my own clients, and that was it. Uh, and for her to get that buy-in and to go, yeah, I see it, I want to be a part of this, was very exciting to me. And then from there, it's just been a, an ongoing progression of you know, step by step, um, taking the next step, looking at what the next part of the journey looks like, how do we continue to allow uh, this vision and therefore the growth and the strategies to to flourish. Um, And so moving out of my house was another big moment where we moved out into a commercial premise and then we fitted that out um, and then we got a second one and then we expanded about, about, I think 12 times um, in that journey to finally get to what it is now, which is a uh, we've got 11 million dollar purpose built medical centre in Cardiff that has basically housing that whole integrated centre. So the name of that centre is a tune. Yes. Tell me where the name a tune came from. Well, that was interesting because uh, when I was thinking about naming the business, you know, you're looking at uh, you're looking at holistic, you're looking at all these particular words, but they all had a meaning. They all they all came with something. So what? So if if we called it holistic or if we called it um freedom or we called it something else, there's a meaning to that word that people will associate. so as soon as they see that word, they won't associate it with what we were doing. they will associate it with the word that they understood so So thinking about what we were doing, I wanted it to be something unique and different and so so a tune after about six months was the name that we that I decided on because it didn't mean anything. It didn't conjure up anything in particular in people's minds. And so it would allow me to create that brand and create something underneath that word that would actually allow a tune to actually develop. And so that's where the word actually came from. So, but I mean, out of that, there, you can attune your body, your. So there was a play on different words. Um, but then, of course, it was tune health centers from the very beginning. And it's actually a funny story around that is that when I was. By myself in the house, and I had that one other lady who was working with us, I actually needed another osteopath. And so I actually went to the universities and I put out an ad and and I said, I'll come to this multidisciplinary health centre and, you know, Tune Health Centres. And so this guy that now still works with us, he looked at the ad and he thought, oh, this sounds really cool. And he actually Googled the Tune Health Centres and he's like, oh, this can't be right. This is a house. Where are all the centres? And he was thinking of this big conglomerate. But he could see from the very first time that we met that, that there was a vision here that he yeah. wanted to be a part of. And even though there was only a house and that was it, and he came to work in that house initially, uh, it was quite funny that he was thinking about all the centres that we will have and yeah. eventually did have. Yeah. So so that was, a, that was good. But yeah, so as, as a general rule, um, the name came from there and we wanted um, it to be a centre of multiple people and we wanted health. So those three words all sort of come together at Tune Health Centre sort of makes a, makes a good ring to it. So often when we're, we're starting on a
0: bit of a journey like that, we're looking at what could be, uh, we'll turn to someone for a bit of advice. Yep. We'll, we'll turn to someone who kind of we might see as a bit of a mentor or someone who's just got experience. So
1: was there someone particularly that you turned to? And uh, if you did, what was the advice that they gave you? That was one of the biggest problems I had. So I, of course I told my family and I told a few of my friends and they thought, oh yeah, that sounds great. And a lot of people that I spoke to about what I saw... Loved it. They, oh, that's what we need to do. But they always, they always would say, but oh, it's just, it's just not possible. You just can't do it. And so I would, I would speak to multiple people that would really light up. But there was never anyone really who was able to help me because it was so new. No yeah. one really knew how to do it. Um, yes, I could talk to people about building businesses and and setting up like health type things, but. I actually really struggled to find someone who could stand with me and help me on that journey. And I actually look back on that and I actually am thankful for that because that actually taught me to be resilient. Okay. And resilient in what I believed and sure of what I knew could and would work because a lot of people, although they lit up, there was a lot of other people saying, oh, it's just not possible, don't be silly, don't do it. Um, And so you get all the positives and anyone who's an entrepreneur knows that there's so many negatives. (laughs) Um, But it taught me to... Be confident in myself, be confident in what I believe to be true um, and and also start to find those people who also got it, and to gather myself a team that would actually get this and, and work towards it so so then I started gathering the team, and that was where my support came from because okay. they believed in the vision, they believed in what could be, yeah. um, and they started to you know do their work to see this come to fruition and so that 's where I found the greatest I suppose advocates for what it is that we're now doing, and we've got an amazing team now of people that truly believe not just in their profession, but in the fact that we can all do it together and we can have a significant impact in the community. So, so yeah, so that's I suppose for me that was the journey that I had. But then I have sought um, in in years since um, coaches and people who are able to look in from different perspectives to be able to help me in particular aspects of what it is that we're doing, yeah. and that's been extremely valuable. Yeah, an external perspective. Oh, it's always, it's, oh, I mean, I was a tennis player and had lots of tennis coaches. Yeah. I recognise the value of someone outside looking in and, and yeah. seeing things that you may not see. Um, and so to have that support in multiple different areas is really important. But I had to seek that out. Um, so, Is there a single uh, quote or saying or, or piece of advice
0: that's kind of stood the test of time with you that, that often um, resounds in your ear?
1: Yeah, look, there's a couple actually. Okay. Uh, one that was very significant was um, always start with the end in mind. Yes. And that was a great piece of advice I received very early on, mm-hmm. um, and really what that person was, was saying in that is keep the vision, make sure you look at the vision, make sure you think about where you want to head because that will shape everything else, even the little things. Like for example, I called it a Tune Health Centers when it was in the front room of my house because I didn't have to rebrand them, I didn't have to change things. So so doing that was a really valuable lesson mm-hmm. because it, and it allowed me to, to not make so many mistakes and have to rechange things and redo things because yeah. i was thinking about this is really where i want to get to yeah. so what do i need to do now to get to there rather than just doing the next step also the other one that i really always talk about is you can't steer a parked car um, and a lot of people who have dreams and visions are waiting for something to really get them going when to be honest you just got to get going, yeah. and when you get on that, that when you get some momentum, you can much easier steer and navigate. But if you're stationary, you can't move. You can't do anything. You're just stuck. Um, and so, and that's been a philosophy that I've lived by. You know, even now, you know, we've got these new things that, I, and I'm just okay. Let's just go, and you know, um, let's just make it happen, and we'll worry about the research and all those things later. But let's let's get things underway, and then everything else will start to fall into place. And so, I've really appreciated that. Um, piece of advice. And the other one that I didn't realize at the time that was going to be so significant was that make sure that every obstacle is an opportunity. Always look outside the box when it comes to things that you face. Um, And that really taught me some significant lessons about you know when you face these obstacles, well, just because it's been done like that before doesn't mean it has to be always done like that. And I mean, we recreated ways of things doing in council, even in banking, even in valuation of buildings, like everything that we did as a business broke broke the barriers of something uh, and that's why it took so long for us to get our new development up in Cardiff um, and to develop some of the things we did but uh, we recognised that the obstacle was just an opportunity um, and if I had have just seen it as an obstacle and, and never tried to work around it or get through it or um, we would have again been stuck. So those are probably the three biggest things that I was told along the journey that I still remember and, and value highly. Mm. Could you see the whole picture of what you're actually
0: enjoying now at Cardiff there at the tune? Yeah. At the beginning, or, like, I'll often share with people when they first get a bit of an idea what, what could happen, it's like a glimpse, and I share a glimpse as a baby vision. Yep. Right, so your glimpses, you know, wow, this could be... And then some people can actually really, right from the very beginning, have quite a defined vision where they're, almost in their mind they can walk through and describe what things are going to be like. Where did you kind of sit on that spectrum? Yeah, look, I
1: very much that I walk through Cardiff now and it's like I'm walking through what I envisaged back when I was in the hospital when I was 19 years old. Right. Um, and even uh, the mock-up drawing that I did um, for the building, that I didn't have a building at that time, is virtually exactly what we actually walk through and see now. So I was very blessed, if you like, to have a very, very defined and clear vision of what I saw the future to look like. So everything that I did, I was driving towards that. Um, now, in saying that, it changed significantly. Right. Um, and and I agree with what you say about glimpses, because you get glimpses of certain things, but then as you go, the reality of life changes
0: yeah.
1: what that's going to look like too. And you've got to be able to flex with those but, as a general rule, the functionality like for example we 've just opened our food pharmacy, which is our bridge between consultation room and lifestyle medicine, so we wanted to showcase what healthy food looked like. how do you nourish yourself? how do you actually you know heal yourself with the food that we have? You know we can go to restaurants for the taste, but this is about being healed, and so we 've just opened that, and i 've always envisaged the the bridge between the medical and the um, lifestyle aspect. Um, I didn't quite know how it looked and we're still working that out right now but I see that that has to be an integral part of the bigger picture when it comes to administering medicine, administering care to anyone who needs health and so and that is only just opened this week and so to have that opened was very exciting. I couldn't sleep last night, it was the first night last night because That was, again, as another part of the vision that I saw way back when I was in hospital coming to life. Um, And it was was a McDonald's. And it certainly was not McDonald's, (laughs) I can promise you that now. Um, But it it, it certainly looked, and how it functions is different to the way I perceived it. And I have glimpses of certain things. But as a general rule, um, yeah, I was very blessed to know exactly. And now I know that these centres, and I see them scattered everywhere, and I see that vision also uh, for the future. So, at, at present, Attune's got a
0: little over 100 staff. Yep. Tell me around the different mo- modalities that you're working with, in different
1: pe- with different people. So the uniqueness of Attune is we're probably not the biggest in terms of health centres, but in terms of the um, scope of practitioners that we have working together, we are by far the biggest in Australia. So we have 18 different disciplines. So we've got medical specialists, uh, psychiatrists, rehab physicians, GPs, and then we go right through all the allied health We've got a lot of complementary medicine, so we've got naturopaths, we have breathing therapists, we have massage, um, and all those in between, all working, 18 different disciplines, all working in what we say is an integrated way. Now, a lot of people talk about integration, um, but the way it's different, again, at tune is that the building is purpose-built. So no one is working at a tune that isn't working within the business model, which is working together. So you might see a big super centre somewhere else um, in Newcastle or in Sydney, um, often well all of those other super centers are basically a building has been built by a commercial lender or builder and then they lease out the space to whatever medical people pay top dollar so there's no there's no business synergy and connection and so that's i suppose how attune is different and then add on to that we've got a recovery center with cryotherapy and um, infrared saunas we've got the food pharmacy which is a you know the healthy lifestyle cafe we've got healthful pantry, which is all the organic foods that you need to actually help people to cook those good healthy foods. Then we've got several gyms, we're going to have a hydro pool eventually that will also help with um, rehab. So again, you can see the bigger picture, it's all coming together into one place, but the thing is that it all works together for the well-being of that client that walks through the door. Yeah, they can really access any any form of uh, help that they need. And the, and the th- beauty is that they don't necessarily need to know what that is. And we're not trying to process people through because everyone's an individual. So you might only need one other aspect, but, you know, the, but the health professional can help you and understand, well, you know, actually, you really need to go and see the breathing therapist because you're not sleeping very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and your daytime breathing is really affecting your nighttime sleep. And if you could get that better, then your neck pain or your diet, you know, other things could actually be a lot better off. Um, And so that's where the beauty of us all working together actually gives a greater benefit to the client. And we've just done a study um, on uh, the savings that we're providing uh, Australia uh, in terms of the Australian um, health industry. And we're saving about $10 million on our integrated services at the moment for for Medicare, essentially, because they've got this thing where there's medical wastage because when you have different doctors all not working together, there's misdiagnoses, there's wrong reporting, there's all those things. That accumulates for around about a third of all spending in Australia right now. Um, but integration is the stock standard, the way to go. Um, and that's the amount of money that just a tune last year would have saved our federal government. Wow. So we're really excited by those statistics and the benefit this is gonna bring not only to the community that we're providing it, but also greater to Australia.
0: Yeah, wow. Uh, that's amazing. Simon, tell me one of the greatest challenges that you've had in the whole process of a tune, or, or in building this, uh, this building here. The discouragement, disappointment, frustration, distraction, everything, all of those things. What, what, how you had to work through that and overcome it. Yep. Now, why are you glad you did?
1: I I'll I will say why I'm glad I did to start with, because that's, that's easy. Um, I actually love the journey that we've been on. It's quite difficult. It was very hard. It was a lot of stressful nights and sleepless nights. There was multiple times where I didn't know if we were going to get through um, financially as much as anything else. We put put ourselves right out there on the line and had no way of getting back. But through all of that, when you face certain things, it builds you stronger. Mm -hmm. When you face them head on and you overcome them or you create a new way around them, um, it builds something in you and not just you as a leader. And it really taught me about leadership because I had to learn. I was very shy and I didn't like speaking in front of people when I first started this journey. But all the obstacles and navigating all the crises have actually built in me a strength mm-hmm. as a leader, have helped me to see beyond the circumstance, to see, have vision beyond where things are right now. And But it's also built our team incredibly. Like our team is such an incredible team of strong Individuals who are all working together in such a synergistic way, and I don't think we would have be been like that if we hadn't have had the obstacles we've faced, mm-hmm. and we've had some very significant obstacles. And so, probably the two biggest obstacles I would say we faced are financial ones, mm-hmm. um, because to get where we've got to, um, we've taken some enormous risks, and then we've faced pandemics, and we've faced you know constructions and council requirements, and you know every single step of the way, you know we we were just living off the you know, I'm sure many entrepreneurs know they live off their credit card or the credit, wherever they can find the money. Um, in, in many ways, when we're trying to get going, that's what we were like. And then we get to a place and we need to try and find more money. And so we had a lot of problems financing it because we were growing so fast and we were growing so quickly and we needed extra resources. And so there's only so much that goes around when you're growing so quickly as we have. So, I mean, going from one to 120 staff over a period of 10 years is quite a significant growth in the medical space. So that financial restraint really, really um, was stressful, but it also taught us to be creative. Mm -hmm. How can we get around the barriers? How can we get around the fact that we've been in a building that we were restricted in by about probably six, seven years because we couldn't get the funds to get our new building built? Uh, It taught us to be um, real creative in that space. And the other big issue, um, which if you're in health, you recognise this as a considerable issue is people. Resources. How do you get people to work for you? And then also, particularly because I'm an osteopath, how do I get a doctor to come and work for my business? Because normally doctors work with doctors and osteopaths work with osteopaths, and so that was a significant stressor that we had to overcome as well. And um, and again, that was that was an important piece to be able to work through because it built us now. And so, vision was the thing that really came to the fore in that. If if I was going to engage a GP or somebody else in another profession, How am I, what have I got to give them that actually mm. is going to mean that they will join us when we don't even have a GP, they'll be the first one. Uh, and it all came back to they saw something bigger than themselves mm-hmm. and bigger than what they were doing and they recognised the value of the vision that we had. And so having that in front of us, it was a massive problem and it's probably one of the biggest issues with building integrated health centres, but also it became a great opportunity to reinvent how we actually engage different people and we created a mechanism of doing so. So though so so now on the other side of having built our building and got through the finance issues and through some of the personnel issues, I see the great value in developing the skills we've needed to actually get to the place we are because now we can cope with so much more and have got more m- much more I suppose as a team, much more strength about moving forward. So when we've had this covid pandemic, our team hasn't missed a beat through the whole thing because we're used to dealing with crises and and things that hold us back and restrict us and yes, it's stressful and it's painful, but the team has responded amazingly well because we have been built strong. Mm -hmm. I have this um, illustration that I use uh, to sort of describe how our team has been built and the culture that we've built around the obstacles we've had. Um, If you forge a sword, um, a piece of metal, so if you've got two types of sword, you can forge a sword or you can cast a sword. If you forge a sword, you get an anvil and you whack it on metal and you chip it away and it builds strength in that piece of metal. So much so that you drop it on a piece of cement and it will chip the cement and the sword will bend, but the sword will remain intact. Whereas if you get molten hot metal and you put it in a metal, like a cask, and you pour it in there, that sword will be perfect on the outside. It'll look beautiful and smick, but you drop it on a piece of cement and it will just shatter because it's not strong on the inside. And so... The obstacles have created the strength I believe in our team. That is really quite exciting to see.
0: Yeah, it's a great analogy. Yeah. Uh, well, it's so exciting where you are now, and and personally, you and I have had a couple of conversations over the last year on on where to next. But could you share with our audience today what's next, what's on the horizon, and and uh, what are you looking at
1: next for a tune? Yeah. So look. Um, I'm certainly looking at a bit of rest for myself um, and enjoying some family time. (laughs) Um, You know, we're now established and going really well. We've still got our problems with, with, you know, a few things around COVID, but, you know, as a business, we're starting to get uh, in the place we want to get to. So um, I'm enjoying that a little bit, not quite so much pressure, but look, we've got several Australian organisations who are looking at what we're doing, looking at research around what we're doing, look at changing the way things are done because of the model we now have established. And so we're certainly looking at advocating for change around integrated care Australia-wide and that's certainly part of where we are headed as an organisation. The other part is we're certainly looking at um, taking the tune sites and, and and replicating them in other places. So that's certainly part of where we see our business going long-term is to take the model that we've now created and to establish them in you know another city and another place uh, around Australia so that they can also start to have that type of care and that type of um functionality so we're we're excited by that we're certainly not going to rush into that because we recognize that we need to consolidate and build the systems around our new center which is only a year old we're only just ticked over a year so we could rush off right now and start other things but we just recognize that we're let's bed down what we're doing let's get it really really solid and let's spring forth and and, and see what comes so we're excited about that and then Ongoing from that, we're looking at potentially having international sites as well, particularly in third world countries, to offer probably a service that many of them would never, ever probably get the opportunity to have uh, and to provide that in a way that would really give great benefit to them and that community. Uh, that, again, that will be something that will be, once we start to establish other centres, once they're established, we'll look at that centre establishing something in a country like that. So, so that's the grand plan long-term, but yeah, in the short term, it's really about consolidation right now. Look,
0: and, and too many people forget that activity does not mean accomplishment, you know, and and people can be very active in in the doing, 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 but in in consolidation, consolidation is still growth, but now it's happening internally, not externally. Where a structure might grow, consolidation grows the strength inside. It's like what you talked about before with the the sword. It's building that internal strength in the sword. Simon, it is always a pleasure to have a conversation with you. You think big but you think creatively i've always appreciated that about you and and you don't you don't ever come to a table with problems you come with solutions in mind and if you can't find them at that moment you you're percolating and and kind of kind of marinating on things until a beautiful flavor of new solutions comes out so thank you so much for that Simon, one day your life is going to be reduced to either a sentence or maybe a paragraph yep. and you'll be remembered in a certain way. What would you like that sentence or paragraph to say?
1: Um, look, I would, I would say that's a very good question. Um, there's multiple answers to that because I see my life as, you know, there's business and there's family and there's, you know, all those things. But if I was to sum it all up, I would say he dreamed big, he dared big and he delivered. Uh, and he saw transformation in healthcare in our nation. If if I could say that at the end of my life, I would be one happy man. Um, and on top of that, if I had a wonderful, happy family and community around me that was blessed for me, that's really all. That's, that's you know that's that's the most important thing on this earth. Uh, and that I've fulfilled the purpose that God has put me on this earth to do. And if I can say at the end, all said and done, that I've done that, um, I would die a very happy man.
0: Well, you're certainly on the road to doing all those things and you are making a living and making a difference, changing your industry, making it so much better for all involved and all the people that you get to work with. It's a pleasure knowing you, mate. You're a good man and uh, I believe the best is yet to come. I just am am so glad that people like you uh, are in this whole area of business making it so uh, authentic and strong changing paradigms and and seeing beautiful differences so thanks for our time today and i wish you all the best in all endeavors
1: you pursue in the future thank you ryan i really appreciate it it was great fun Cheers. thank you bye then.
0: thank you so much for listening to this podcast we'd like to invite you to go back and to listen to some of our previous podcasts as well our next interview will be with mark ramsland mark is a criminal lawyer and you'll really enjoy his story as he navigates his journey into criminal law and what difference he's making in people's lives today. Thank you so much again for listening to this podcast, and we hope you have your I Decided moment.